Yo, what up, Crashers? This is your man, Pastor B, and uh, back on for another episode of Crash the Pulpit. And uh, first off, let me apologize. Excuse me. I know it's been a minute, but uh, with everything that's going on in our country, um, it kind of slowed everything down. When you have a platform like mine's that is dedicated to uh, interacting and interviewing people, uh, it's kind of hard to do when you are under an uh, um, a social distancing order. So it's been a little difficult to uh, kind of figure out ways to interview guys, you know, that's not on the phone. Uh, I'm not a type of, you know, phone interview person. I, I kind of like to have that one-on-one interaction. But yeah, you know, as of right now, you got to kind of change. You got to adapt with the times. And so for me, I have to kind of switch up the way that I do things. And so today I'm by myself. <clears throat> But, you know, I mean, going forward, we don't know how long we're going to be in this position, but going forward, I will uh, be utilizing the platform in order to um, still interview people and we'll just kind of do uh, phone interviews and stuff like that. So anyway, I hope everybody's well. I hope um, y'all haven't left since it's been a minute. It's like, oh, I'm not interested anymore. But anyway, <laughs> this is this is going to be a good one. Um, this this episode, I'm going to talk about um, prayer over panic. Uh, prayer over panic. Of course, you know, um, it is imperative that uh, we don't overlook and um, talk about all of these other things without first addressing uh, the state of our culture, the state of our nation, where we are right now. And um, I'm pretty sure everybody out there has a thought. Everybody out there has a way that they feel. Everybody out there is dealing with some kind of of of, of uh, mental uh, craziness, if you will, uh, whether it is you're ready to go outside because you're sheltered in place or whether it is you don't want to go outside. You wish they would keep us sheltered in place longer. Uh, I've heard, you know, different opinions all over the map. And so uh, today we're just going to kind of talk through a few of those things and talk about um, where I believe is the best place for us to be as believers. Um, and even if you're not a believer, you know, what I mean, just a, a best place for you to land a place that is uh solid for you to be. And uh for me, I think um if I'm honest when when all of this first started going down, um I don't think I was one of the people who felt like uh they were um overdoing it. I wasn't. I just wanted to understand it first. And uh when you uh start to kind of read about, you know, coronavirus and all of these different things, then you understand why all of a sudden we started taking these necessary precautions and things started to kind of really spiral into a whole different issue really, really fast. And so now when we are seeing, you know, people are dying from this and people are asymptomatic and passing it and, you know, uh, you you watch how the numbers just kind of like go from from 15 to 1500 overnight it's it's unreal and i think it's way more unreal because it's something that we don't understand and it's something that we don't uh we haven't dealt with you know what i mean now if you were alive back in what was it uh 1918 or <clears throat> um you know years and years and years ago then you understand that our country has been through this before but for most of us uh in my age group even older you know what i mean we have not 
um, seen this before. And therefore, we don't know how to deal with it and we don't know how it plays out. And so um, that's kind of, you know, why I wanted to make sure that I at least addressed it from my platform and from my viewpoint, which is not a um, uh, it's not a big platform and it's not a big viewpoint. But I wanted to hear people hear a regular person think through it. And so that's what I'm going to be doing today, just kind of thinking through it and offering some tools and advice um, to help you navigate this season in your life. Um, So first of all, I want to kind of start off by saying um, that we are all in this together. Uh, As I'm watching TV, as most of us are, a lot, a a lot of TV. We are. I'm seeing these commercials that are, um, you know, ending with this hashtag alone together. And uh, I begin to think about, you know, what that hashtag really means is that um, the reality of it is that that some of us are alone in this. And the reality of it is, you know, for for people who live on their own or they're not married and they don't have families and stuff like that. I have a couple of friends who are just single you know what I mean? Locked up in their in their in their homes, you know, and they're by themselves. And so it's kind of like I'm always trying to preach that to them. Hey, you're alone, but but we're alone together. Like we can still utilize um, media platforms. We can still utilize different ways to connect, to communicate with each other. But I just wanted to start off by saying, yo, listen, we are all in this together that um, there is nobody that this is not affecting um, and so I think that when when you think about the reality that nobody gets to escape this in a way that we would like to. Yeah, some of us may be um, <clears throat> blessed to be able to, to kind of move past it and not get affected. And uh, or some of us may get infected and it not be uh, one of those situations where it's uh, bad or have to go to the hospital. You just kind of nurse yourself. Regardless of who we are and where we are, we're all in this together. And so I think that the reality of where we are is a is a more greater reality than we give credit to, because um, it is it is one of the worst things, I would say, that has brought the best out of people. Um, It is it is not a good thing that is happening, but it's bringing the best out of people, you're seeing people being more selfless. You're seeing people uh, being more careful. You're seeing people being more cautious. You're seeing people put uh, certain things in place um, to accommodate, you know, um, our, our elderly people, and uh, all of. I mean, we're just seeing like all of this different stuff, and and it made me think about at the end of the day, there could be so many reasons why um, why we're going through this or. Some would argue if God allowed it versus if God did not allow it. I don't think that that's the proper argument. I don't think that's an argument at all. I think that our perspective on this should be whether God allowed it or he didn't allow it or he didn't allow it. Excuse me. It's here. And regardless who sent it, God's using it. And I think that the beauty of the fact that God is using it is uh, very evident right now because um, we're talking about people are are uniting around this cause. We're talking about we're seeing uh, modern day heroes step up. We're seeing people put their lives on the line and lives at risk and uh, healthcare workers and 
uh, essential um, businesses and everybody's just kind of putting in and bunkering together and even um, as a country putting different things in place to try to help people as much as they can. And, you know, yeah, we all feel like they can do more because there are some people uh, more disenfranchised than others. But uh, for the most part, it is literally uh, a causing us to have to think a little bit more um, kind of it's, it's, it's causing us to think family like with everybody. It is everybody caring for everybody and everybody thinking about everybody. And so, you know, um, it is the, the worst way. <laughs> uh, personally, I think that this could happen. But at the end of the day, because, you know, I just trust in God's sovereignty. Uh, who am I to say what's the worst way that this can happen? I'm just glad that, uh, you know, it. I'm seeing good and positive in this situation. And so for me, I've been able to kind of think through it and kind of um, bounce my ideas and my thoughts and feelings off of different people in my life. And so I've come up with a couple of things that I kind of want to share with you that uh, I think will help you navigate this season and this time in our country uh, a little bit better. Uh, number one, uh, the number one tool I want to help you uh, that that that'll help you navigate this season is a tool called perspective. Um, that you have to understand that everything changes based on your perspective. Every everything changes based on how you see it, how you feel about it. And uh, the reality of it is, is, yeah, we can look at this and see how horrible it is. But my perspective is to look towards how good this is. Absolutely. What do you mean by that? So um, with me, I'm a very busy person. You know, uh, my, my lifestyle is go, 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 move, move, move 100 miles an hour. And so uh, for those of you who are like me, um, the perspective is, dang, it sucks that we're going through this. But the whole shelter in place, the whole lockdown thing has caused us to slow down and really evaluate um, our priorities. And so I think that that's a good thing, you know, regardless of the fact that we were forced into it, regardless of the fact that uh, it was beyond our control, it is still a good thing. It is a good thing to be able to have the opportunity to stop, to reset, to reassess, to reflect, and to really, really, really uh, reprioritize life and people in our lives and, um, you know, kind of look at I've been looking at my schedule and I'm like, man, I don't I don't divvy up enough time, you know what I mean, for the things that I care about. And so, um, again, I, I could say so much about that. But the number one tool uh, that I, I will say to help, you know, anybody navigate through this season is perspective, that your perspective is everything in this season. I'm going to say it again. Your perspective is everything in this season, in this climate, in this time, it is it is how you think about this. It is how you how you see it. It is your perception of it that is uh, really, really, really going to make or break uh, your mental capacity uh, in this season. So number one is perspective. It is it is how I think about it, how I see this. 
And uh, I would just challenge you if you don't have um, proper perspective, I would challenge you to change it. It's that simple. It's that simple. It is as simple as um, taking what all you think about it uh, to be negative and widening your range. You know what I mean? Widening your viewpoint to understand that there are things about this that is that's positive. Right. And so um, that's number one. I would say uh, perspective, the tool of perspective. Number two, I would say um, the tool of prayer, right? And these are not in order. I don't want all of my deep people saying, oh, prayer should have been first. For me, that goes without saying. So prayer is what informs my perspective. Uh, so, But number two, the second tool I would give you is prayer. Um, why is that a tool? Because at the, at, at, at the end of it all, you get to commune with God in ways that you have not been able to before. Why? Because a lot of times life and work and kids and schedules and busyness gets in the way of how we commune with God. Now, the reason why I'm mentioning prayer is for a very specific reason. Hear me and hear me good. When you are ripping and running and going and going and living life and doing this and doing that and you have a prayer life, your prayer life kind of takes it takes on this um, almost like this, this very selfish attitude as it relates to how you pray. So you're praying and uh, you're asking God for things and you're praying and you need God to do this and you need God to work this out and you need God to help you with this and you need God to help you with that. Why? Because you're doing, because you're going, because you're moving, because you're doing all this stuff. So uh, what I would say when I'm talking about the tool of prayer, I'm saying that you have an opportunity to stand in the gap for others. You have an opportunity to pray about the people you care about, to pray about the people you don't know, to pray about people who are more affected than you are, that that, that you have uh, an essential part to play in all of this, especially if you are a believer. And that is to excuse me, is to understand that there are some people, watch this, regardless of where you are and how you're dealing with it, you need to understand and know that there are people that are way worse off than you are and they need your prayer. They need your support. They need your help. And so most of us can't get out and do uh, most of the things that we would like to do or, or would want to do to help people uh, practically deal with this, but you have a tool Call prayer. And what prayer will do, as I stated, is prayer will help inform your perspective. Prayer will will challenge your perspective because when you take the focus off of you, then you're able to widen your viewpoint. You're able to widen the lens and understand that um, what the enemy meant for evil, that God is turning it around for good, that there is some good coming out of the whole COVID-19 situation. Okay. So, so we got perspective, we got prayer. I can't, I can't really specify, um, (laughs) enough about prayer because this is, this is going to get you centered. This is going to help you uh, not be emotionally out of whack. This is going to help your mental capacity stay afloat. This is going to help balance you out is um, when you get to talk to God, right? And here's here's the kicker. In this season, I want to challenge you. 
Let this season of prayer not be about what God can do for you. Let don't don't get into the habit of where we once were, which is any time and most of the time we pray to God, we're praying, asking God for something. What about just praying with God to commune with him? That's why the institution of prayer was even instated. That's why the prayer is even a thing. It is not so just so we can ask God for stuff, but it's so that we can commune with our father. It is as a father. Um, I always think about this. I don't know how I would feel if my kids only talked to me when they wanted something. It would make me feel a type of way. I'd be like, I mean, I have to tell my kids sometimes now, you know, when they talk to when they call on the phone and they want something, they go right into the ask without even saying hi. And I'm like, hey, hi, you know, how you doing? Hey to you, too. You know what I'm saying? And so I can only imagine that, um, you know, how how, how God may feel. And, and here's the reality of it. it the reality of it is when you serve a God, when you serve a God that is your father and you know that your father loves you, then you understand that your father wants to hear from you. And so in this season, man, just kind of while you have the time, while life is slowed down, while things are in slow motion, you have th- you have time to reprioritize things. And one of the things that we need to prioritize in this season is prayer is how we commune with God. I can go on and on and on and on about why prayer is important in this season. And even you can know why prayer is important in this season. Watch this. So now we have our perspective um, and that is how we think about things. Now within perspective, I'm using this other word that starts with a P that's actually my third tool. So we have perspective, we have prayer, and then we have perception, right? So Uh, When I say perspective, I'm mainly talking about how you think about a thing. When I speak about perception, I'm speaking about how you see a thing. And yes, they go hand in hand, but they are not the same. You can think about a thing and still not see it away. You can see a thing away and not think about it in the right way. And so I want to give you the tool of perception that watch this, the principle, the principle of perception says this, where I sit determines what I see and what I see determines what I do. I said it again. The principle of perception says where I sit determines what I see and what I see determines what I do. Here's the deal. Your actions will always follow what you see. That 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 the, the way you go about life, the way you go about being locked in, locked in with your children, locked in with your spouse, locked in with your family members, the way the way you go about this will be based on how you see it. And you have in your toolbox the 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 tool of perception, which means you have the ability to perceive this the right way, which would make everything that you don't like turn into something that is beneficial for you. I'm going to say it again. It will make everything that you don't like turn into something that's beneficial for you. Because here's the deal. I was challenging one of my uh, one of my friends the other day uh, with this kid situation. It's like, oh, my God, these kids are getting on my nerves. Oh, my God, I can't keep up with them. They're running. They're doing this. They're doing that. They all is going to Yeah. And I said to him, But here's the deal. If you see it as a way 
for you to really, really, really kind of rechannel and refocus their energy and you see it as a way to corral your family now, then you can find ways to utilize this time together to do those things. Here it is. When we think about children, especially for those of you who have children right now, I don't know if anybody ever uh, considered it, but me, of course, I got children. So I've thought about this uh, a lot of times. But here's the deal. When you talk about time spent, now I don't care if you're a great mother, great father, and your world is your children. We still don't get enough time with our children. And here's why. Because if they wake up, when they wake up in the morning, we're all getting ready to go our separate ways. They're going to school. We're going to work. When they get out of school, most of us are not off of work. And so they get out of school. They come home. We finally get home. The only time we have left during the week is time for dinner and maybe a little conversation. And then we're all going to sleep to start it all over. And here's the deal. What are we starting over? Separation. We're all just coming home for a few hours so that we can go to sleep and then we're going to separate again tomorrow. So look at this time Look at this time perception. Look at this time as a time to recalibrate your family dynamic that that to 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 give get everybody in on the same page to talk about things you may not have discussed to talk about how their year is going. Like uh, I I have I have another friend of mine who's you know, who kind of job was affected. And um, he said that they've been doing family time intentionally every day. For three hours, they watch a movie together, they talk through things together, and they do devotional time together. Now, yeah, that may not be, you know, something that you're interested in, but can you imagine what this would do for your children if you spent time with them in ways that you have not done it before? You're doing devotions together, you're you're watching movies together, y'all talking about things that matter together. You know what that's going to do to them when when school is back in? And right now, we don't even know when that's going to be. But that's going to help them be way more solid, way more centered when they have to leave you again because they saw mom and dad now in a very different light. So anyway, I can go on and on about that. Um, But so we got perspective, we got prayer, and we got perception. Now, here is another tool. Okay, and and yes, because I'm a preacher, they have to start with a P. It is the tool of uh, prioritizing. Prioritizing. These these are. I'm telling you, these are four things. I have five things I'm gonna talk about. This is number four. Prioritizing. So we got um, your perspective. We got prayer. We got perception, and then we got prioritizing. What does that mean? Now that we are slow chill. Some of us are at a standstill. You get an opportunity to reprioritize life. That is a huge advantage because here's why. If all you do is go, 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 then it becomes impossible to slow that train down long enough to reassess if how fast we're going is working to reassess if the direction we're going in is where, is the right direction. So at the end of the day, it is a blessing that we get an opportunity to reprioritize things. So now it's like we should have some mothers and some fathers out there um, um, 
talking, talking this through. Like, you know what? Um, usually when I go, when I get off of work, I go to the gym and that kind of puts me out later. Maybe I should work out earlier in the morning. So when I get off home, you know, when I get off, I can come straight home. We can have more time together as a family or, you know, even if, you know, people who don't got kids, you know, we just been so busy doing being busy that we ain't had time to be married, that we ain't had time to like really uh, not just love each other, but continue to like each other. You get the opportunity to prioritize life in a different way. Here's something that is extremely important that I state. If all you are doing is waiting for things to go back to normal, you are wasting this time because things, number one, will most likely not get back to normal. And number two, we shouldn't want them to get back to normal. Right. We we should be right now creating new normals. We should be creating new normals. It is essential that that we understand that possibly just 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 give this the possibility that the way that things were going before COVID-19 were not working. And now we have an opportunity to reassess, to re to to refocus, to to to, to fine tune life as we know it. And so when all of this is over, we have created new normals that will help sustain us and sustain our family in better ways. And so uh, I challenge everybody to not want normal. I'm not ready for things to go back to to the way that they were, because now I've had an opportunity to sit down and look at how everything was going. And I realized, oh, this wasn't going well at all. Yes, I was busy, but it wasn't going well. I was making money, but it wasn't going well. Like there is different things that I'm learning that I could definitely do different uh, when 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 given the, the opportunity again. And so I want to to challenge people on this, this, it's a tool. You have this tool of, of prioritizing. It's a tool. And it is a thing that I'm telling you, if you would just lean in to uh, thinking through and understanding that you do have room to grow, that this will be a, a huge blessing to you. So anyway, so we have uh, these, these tools, your perspective, you have uh, prayer, you have your perception, and then you have your priorities. Those are four things. Now, here is the fifth. And I mean, I can go on and on and on and on about things that 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 you can do or things that are tools. But for the sake of time, I'm just going to give you five. <clears throat> so the fifth one, here's a tool. Here's a tool. Are you ready? The fifth one would be purpose. What do you mean by purpose? This is a twofold thing as it relates to why I'm calling it a tool, because here it is. You get to commune with God and understand that there is purpose and not why the nation is going through this, but why you are going through this. Oh, my God, that's so good. Listen, if all you are doing is watching the nation deal with a crisis, then you will take the focus off of why you why you are in this crisis. Uh, you could have not been going through this. You could have not been affected by this. But why is it that we all are? 
And here's here's what I came up with. My revelation was because this is not about the nation. This is about me. This is about me. It, this is about how I how I'm doing life, how the things that I can change, the thing that I can shift, the things that I can uh, think about differently. And so uh, when I'm saying purpose, that's one side of it. The second side of it is to understand that there is purpose that we have oftentimes mismanaged. Okay, what do you mean? That that God does not just give you a purpose for yourself without giving you purpose for your family, without giving you purpose for your business, without giving you purpose for your career, that there is purpose in everything that you do. So as you are rediscovering, as you are refocusing, as you are redefining um, what this moment means for you, you should be walking in uncharted territory. You should be discovering uh, the mystery of the 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 completion of of your purpose, right? So um, I think that's a tool. It, it's a tool, and and the reason why I'm calling these tools is because it's, these are things you got to pull out. These are things you got you had to pull out. You don't get to rediscover a uh, purpose and reimagine yourself and uh, you know prioritize, and you don't get to do all of these things without actually being intentional about that. If, if you're going to have any manifestation, any any good manifestation that comes out of this, it's going to be because you were intentional. And while you had the time, you did work while you had the time. You know what I mean? You 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 um you you wrote some stuff down. You you literally challenged your your normal. You challenged your normal. And so. um, So those are my five tools as we as we discuss prayer over panic. Right. Um, to understand that our natural, our natural response to crisis or our natural response to things that we do not know, don't understand, can't control is panic. And what I'm saying today is that you have the opportunity to put prayer over your panic. It's not saying that you won't panic. It's not saying that the more and more news that you read or hear about, it won't make you panic a little more. I'm not saying that. What I am saying, though, is we have the opportunity to put prayer over panic. And if we would just commit ourselves to prayer, then panic won't have nothing to live off of. If we would just commit ourselves to prayer, then we will realize that this is not in the government's hands. This is not in your president's hands. This is in God's hands. I, I'm think I'm thinking through this season right now. I'm thinking through this time right now. And I got to I got to thinking about some things, right? And and here it is. I think it's awesome that Easter has messed has been has gotten messed up. I think it's uh, why? Because man, I've been on I've been on staffs that, I mean, like I, before you know it, people are planning for Easter, and they're throwing money and I mean big bucks at Easter. Who can who can do the biggest Easter egg hunt? Who can drop uh, eggs from helicopters? Who can have the biggest attendance? You know, we're gonna go from two services to five on Easter because we know people are coming, and it's like we make it all about. The building being full, but not about the tomb being empty. I'm like so amazed 
that however this is played out, that that the one thing as a church, as believers, as pastors, we lean on is this influx of people, this influx of influence that happens on Easter. And here's the deal. I never understood it, even pastoring. I never understood it. And I never really gave it that much thought um, simply because I never understood why we would do so much for people who were going to come on one day and not come. If if that's the case, then we need to be doing these big, huge, throwing these huge, big productions and making big deals out of every Sunday because we have the opportunity to gather somebody who will who will be a lifer, who will stay, not just wait for one day and throw everything that we have at it for to hopefully get a return. And here's what, again, this was my uh, my own personal revelation is that we've all been so focused on filling up the building that we forgot to focus on the tomb being empty. It's like the, our focus is on the building being full when our focus should be on the on the tomb being empty. So here we are now. Everybody has to stream. Everybody has to go online. Everybody has to do something different so you don't get to see how feel how full the building is. And my prayer is that becomes a way that we all start thinking about and celebrating the fact that the tomb is empty. Um, um, I want to leave you with this with this thought. I've said this a few times um, since Sunday, since I got this revelation. And the Lord showed me this. And that is, when all of this is over, most people are going to run back to the mall. It's like they can't wait. They can't wait to get to the mall. Uh, people can't, they can't wait to go out to eat. They can't wait. They can't wait to just get out in the streets and go back to things as the way they were. And I started thinking about that and I was saying to myself, oh no, I would not, I'm not going to be that guy. Number one, because if people still got like, even when they loosen the restrictions, the coronavirus is still going to exist. And so we would be crazy to just go back in droves of people. So anyway, I I said to myself, no, that ain't I'm still I'm gonna wait this thing out. You know, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be smart, use a little wisdom. But here's what I thought about. And um I thought about how everybody right now is so anxious for this to be over. And as I was praying through that, I I, I heard the Lord say this that we should not be concerned about when this is gonna be over. And here's why. Because if our whole mindset is getting out of this, then when we get out of it, we will have robbed ourselves of the reason why we were in it in the first place. I'm going to say that again. I've been saying this since Sunday. This revelation hit me like a ton of bricks. And that is, if all we're doing is worried about when we get out of this, then when we get out of this, we will rob ourselves of the reason why we were in it in the first place. What do you mean? What I mean is God is doing something in you in this season. God is doing something in our country in this season. God is moving God is speaking and we have the opportunity for the greatest revival ever. I'm not talking about a revival where everybody's running to the church. I'm talking about a revival in you. 
I'm talking about a resurgence in you. I'm talking about a, 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 a fire birth in you like never before to where when you get out of this, your pursuit after God will be unmatched. Prayer over panic. Let our posture be that we are not concerned with what everybody else is concerned with. But our concern is, okay, God, now that it is here, what does this mean for me? What do I need to focus on? What do I need to change? And ultimately, Lord, what are you saying to me? Because let me tell you all something. It could be easy to get caught up in the noise of COVID-19 that your life becomes so loud that you're not hearing what God is saying specifically for you. So, yeah, I, I don't think that you should be immersing yourself in information. I think that too much of anything is not good. I think that you should read up on it and read up on things that you care about. But I also think that sometimes you got to turn down the noise and you got to really, really listen in, lean in and get instruction from God. And, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm positive that you will gain insight in a way that uh, most people don't have it. And so anyway... I hope that helped you. I hope this blesses you. It's a million podcasts out there. It's a million things. It's a million things going on where people are talking about COVID-19 and its effect and culture and all of this. But I pray that this small podcast helps somebody gain a different perspective on why we are here and what to be looking for while we're in this. Because here's the deal. If all I do is prepare you on how to deal with it, then I won't prepare you on how to deal without it because this too has an expiration date. This too shall pass. And I want you to come out better than what you were when you first went in. That's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for your family. That's my prayer for our country. Let us come out of this better than what we were when we went in it. Amen. This is your man, Pastor B. You have just now listened to another episode of Crash the Podcast. Uh, the podcast. <laughs> the podcast. Come on, podcast. That you have now listened to another episode of Crash the Pulpit, the podcast. Man, share this with somebody. Like it. Subscribe. Uh, leave us a uh, comment. Leave us a review. It will be greatly appreciated. This your boy, Pastor B. I love you. Stay home. Stay safe. Stay prayed up. And let's put prayer over our panic. In Jesus' name, be blessed.